is my face red uh, I had the best of intentions to do the third podcast uh, by now have it in the can at least and of course I let you down I promised you the moon and I delivered you cheese so I apologize uh, in the meantime I have been working on my move on exam which I, I did pass so that yay and uh, I've been working on that uh, as far as the home situation we got hamster problems um, I created a hamster out of a yam that had the shape of a rodent for my son and he loved that thing but it started to mold and he started crying like oh my god he's dying so we buried the yam in the backyard it was that important and we've been quarantined that long so yeah that's fun and then my daughter's actual hamster the real live one well he escaped his cage and he's somewhere upstairs in my house and we have no idea where he is so that's what I've been up to, and uh, a lot of procrastination as well. Bit of reading, but mostly just hamsters. But since my last podcast, there's been a huge revelation with the Defense Department. Um, actually, the Pentagon releasing statement that the videos that were released by the Navy were indeed unidentified flying objects, uh, just so there was no confusion as to the Navy having one statement and the Defense Department having a different statement. Um, so they did confirm that, which is huge, because that is the first time in history uh, that the Defense Department has ever acknowledged uh, the existence of these things. So that is, I thought it was going to be way bigger news than what it actually turned out to be. And I think the whole uh, UFO community were all in shock. Like, why isn't this much more bigger than the coronavirus? You know, I know that... Uh, what I normally call these slip-ins are occurring, but I don't know. I just think that they should have picked up on. Well, as promised from my last podcast, I said that we were going to tackle Manitoba. Uh, in my research, I actually reached out to a prominent Canadian ufologist, uh, somebody that is very much uh, in the know-how of, of ufology in Canada, and he actually corrected me uh, on my assumptions about Manitoba. And he said that, yes, in the 60s, there was a lot of uh, UFO activity, so especially in the southern part of the province of Manitoba. But that's because the United States had a lot of nuclear uh, warheads and supplies um, at their bases at the top of uh, the country. And since then, since they've moved out all this technology, well, it really hasn't been much of a hotspot. But looking at the map, which he directed me to the Canadian survey, and uh, Quebec and British Columbia are very active, and so is Toronto. Uh, so very populated areas as Quebec and Toronto um, will have more sightings, so they have really good numbers. But British Columbia, especially the uh, Fraser Valley, Lower Mainland, has a lot of activity. And that's because Washington State is the most active state uh, for UFO activity. It's insane the amount of sightings that they report and see. I'm going to admit that it was a valuable and humbling experience because it forced me to actually go look at the data. 
And I'm ashamed to say that I've never bothered looking at the survey before. I mean, I don't even think I even heard about it before. And it just goes to show you that um, there's a lot to learn when you tackle this subject, especially when you're new, like myself, to actually putting yourself out there as a ufologist. You need to learn from the others. You need to know what they've done. And I need to study their their data. Um, this is the important lesson that I've learned from this. Reading articles online uh, won't necessarily give me the data that I might actually need. So looking at databases um, such as MUFON or uh, UFO Tracker or Stalker, I think it's called, uh, they have really good databases. And this all comes from different uh, UFO reporting centers. And all that information is entered in and you get to see on a world map where all these activities are taking place. And what's amazing about this is to know that only about 10% of people that witness something amazing report it to anybody. This week, I had the pleasure to hang out with Jessica from the Rogi Report. Uh, she actually reached out uh, recently because of a post that I posted on uh, Instagram for UAP studies. And it was the book from MUFON that I was studying a chapter or something. And she's also currently going through the book as well and wanted to take the uh, field investigators uh, exam. And we sort of connected through that and then we discovered each other's podcasts. So I ended up doing a little bit of uh, something with her here and we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, here's a UAP short for you. U-A-P short. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what it is that you do here? At uh, S4, which is in Nevada. Um, and my main job is I'm a mechanic for advanced technological vehicles. And do you have a, a favorite uh, extraterrestrial group? Yeah, man. Uh, so I say the Greys. Yeah, the Greys mm -hmm. are great, mm -hmm. man. They're a fun group. They do... They do that thing with the eyes, where they just paralyze oh, you for fun. That's like uh, always great, unless you're under like a very heavy truck, in which case it's not so funny. Yeah, I, I told them to knock that off several mm -hmm. times, um, but no, they're great. How about uh, the lizards? Uh, oh no, lizards! No, they're not really lizards, man. No? no, they're just old Republicans. They just look like lizards. Oh. Yeah, like Mitch McConnell. Oh, no, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, how about the Nordics? You like them at all? Oh, the Nordics, yeah. No, they're assholes. Oh, really? Oh, I hate working for oh. them. Yeah. Oh, why is that? Yeah. No, you know, the complete dicks. Oh, okay. And they used to just be called Nors mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. But we were always going around going, hey, the Nordics are here. And it just stuck. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. Hey, no problem, mate. Take oh, care. later. UAP Shorts. If you're wondering what you just listened to, those are UAP shorts. I'm just testing it out for the podcast and just seeing if it works, but I come up with crazy ideas all the time. Um, and I think I could come up with skits that, you know, just break it up, kind of do like a commercial break. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, like I mentioned before, we were rudely interrupted. Uh, Jessica is from the Rogi Report, and she will be uh, on my podcast. Uh, for the next episode, this should be episode four. And I think you guys are going to uh, like her quite a bit. She has quite a bit going on. And she is, uh, she's funny. Uh, even getting to talk with her after the podcast. Um, she seems like somebody I would just hang out with. So uh, you guys are going to like her. 
Well, since my main subject, which was going to be for podcast number three, was Manitoba, and I was corrected, and now I have to redo my research, I decided that maybe this podcast should be about something different. And one thing that I did want to mention is about the equipment that you need when you start um, getting involved inside ufology, whether you want to be a independent researcher um, or you want to work with an organization of some sort, you are going to need some equipment. So I figured we can probably go over a couple of things you might want to start off with. Item number one. This one's really simple, but probably one of your biggest investments. It's your cell phone. Cell phone with a great uh, camera uh, is indispensable. Plus, all the apps that you have on phones, probably most of your work Uh, is going to take place on your cell phone or on your computer. So I think investing in a really good cell phone is a smart idea. And again, look at the camera features on the phone. Uh, The better the camera features, the better the phone for you, especially for field work. So whether you need to record um, maybe an interview that you have with a witness, whether you need to go to an actual site, take some pictures, take notes, even use apps on the go, Um, uh, Stellarium, and a bunch of little different apps that I can mention later on at the end of the podcast that are really good to have on your cell phone, especially if you're going to get involved in ufology. Another item that you might want to purchase is an electromagnetic field reader. Now, these range from prices from $50 all the way up to 700 bucks. so it's really up to you on how much money you want to spend on this thing. Uh, I bought one for about $50 and it works really well. Now you need this equipment because if ever you go to a site where somebody says, you know, maybe something landed or somebody witnessed something, this device will tell you if there's any electromagnetic uh, radiation coming from this area. So it is really crucial to have that. You could have an app on your phone, but again, I don't know how good that would actually be and if a cell phone can actually do the job correctly. All right, let's throw in the third one just for good luck. So the other one should be a good camera with a good tripod. You don't have to spend too much on a camera. Uh, The point-and-shoot cameras are really good, like the power shots Canon come out with. Um, They got good zooms on it, and it's just easier uh, to take pictures on the go with. Plus, it does have a recording feature on it, um, so you can actually record it in high definition. I think it's up to 1080p. But it's a beautiful camera. Um, Any cameras in that style will work just fine for field work. I'm a thrifty shopper, so whenever I look for something, I always look at it at different places. I go to Value Village a lot. I go to uh, a lot of secondhand stores or um, thrift shops. And what I like about that is that sometimes I can pick up a a tripod for a camera for dirt cheap. I picked one up that must be like $180 brand new. I picked it up for 20 bucks. So I'd say if you start thrift shopping for certain pieces of equipment, that's always a good way to save money. Of course, you could always go to Amazon, but do they really need more business? You know, honestly, maybe try to shop local. uh, See if you could find somebody who sells any of the items you're looking for locally. Of course, that always stimulates the economy in your area, and it's always a good thing to do anyways. Since there's a bit of a learning curve for every new pieces of equipment that you're going to purchase, it's probably best to just buy one or up to three at a time and then learn how to use the equipment. It's not like you're going to be a master at it, but at least it gives you time to catch up 
with the equipment that you do have and then save up for the next month by more equipment that you may need. Again, if you go on Facebook, um, there's a lot of great pages that are sort of like marketplaces and you could find tons of stuff locally as well. So that's another good tip um, to look for equipment or supplies that you may need. Obviously, if you're going to get into, you know, further on to the more intense stuff, cattle mutilations and all that, you are going to need some forensic uh, equipment, um, some personal protective equipment, and as well as all types of uh, containers and bags. So that one I'm not quite sure where to find, but I will look into that for you guys as well. But uh, yeah, those are the three items for today. And uh, let's move on to the next segment here. All right, next we got the HD audio recorder or any um, HD audio recording app you can get. Um, that always comes in handy, especially if you're doing like a an interview at a coffee shop or something like that. You want to be able to hear uh, what your interview was about, of course. So just get something that's going to be reasonably good. And then the other one that I really like, it's called UFO Insight. And it's a really cool app and it's got really cool articles in it. A lot of database, like a lot of um, events that have taken place. There's full articles and uh, really cool stuff to learn on it. I'm I'm still on it all the time, learning stuff from it. So I would encourage you to download that one too. All right, now let's talk about some phone apps. I've been playing around with a few of them. Not all of them are great, but some of them I've actually really gotten to like. One of them is called GPS Map Camera. This is awesome because if ever you're at a location where you're not quite sure where you are, you could take a snapshot of the area and it tells you exactly where you are located on the planet, which I thought was fantastic. The other one that I would really like you to download is Latest UFO Sightings, or I do believe uh, UFO Stalker. It's very similar to that, if not made by the same people. I think it uses the same map, but that one you could look into it daily to see if there's anything new in your area anything that you want to follow up on it would be on that is a fantabulous which is just a word i made up of two other words put together but it's uh, a great app i like this app quite a bit i had my wife um come ask me what that bright object in the sky was about two weeks ago i just put on sky pointed it up at the location and it told me right there you're looking at venus um, as you're progressing in ufology, you want to know your celestial objects. And if you don't, you want to have the right tools to at least eliminate uh, possibilities of, you know, let's say it's a planet, it's a satellite. And a lot of people think that satellites only go one direction. They don't. Um, it depends on the satellite. And if you see rows of lights back to back, like following each other, those aren't UFOs. Those are Starlink. That is... Um, uh, the new baby from Elon Musk. So he, he's going to do his thing, and it's not UFOs. If you actually go to the MUFON webpage to submit a sighting, it shows you a picture of it when you first get on the first page because it's basically telling you, hey, my other recommendation for these. Uh, the other one I would also suggest getting on your phone is a good HD audio recorder app. 
Um, most phones are pretty decent with the microphone feature, but some of them are not. But if you have uh, something that just can enhance your recordings, and that's, you know, if you're making notes for yourself, again, interviewing some people, um, a lot of times you're not going to remember everything and you sure don't want to jolt everything down. So that HD audio recorder comes in handy. And with cell phones specifically, it got rid of all these different things that you needed before, like a GPS, um, an audio recorder. All these things now come on your phone. And that's why a phone is such a great investment. Um, upgrade your phone if you're going to start doing this, of course. Uh, and then the last one that I would say is a map, like for myself, it's a map of Canada, uh, top, topographical maps, uh, the ones that show the lines uh, and let you know exactly where you're situated. Here, hang on two seconds. I'm actually looking at the map as I'm recording this and I realized I didn't go into it for some time. Yeah, so they have short tutorials as you enter the app, uh, let you know how to use the feature. And it, again, it's... You know, a lot of these devices we have now have multiple purposes. So uh, it's eliminating having to carry around huge bags of supplies, which is, is quite nice. But those are the uh, few apps that I would recommend for today. So that's Sky, and that's spelled S-K-E-Y-E. Uh, the other one is Latest UFO Sightings. Uh, that one has a green logo on it. And the other one is GPS map camera, which is fantastic. The other one you could do as well, like I mentioned, you could get the uh, uh, the other apps for localized, you know, UFO reports and stuff like that. But most of these apps now pull the information from different uh, UFO reporting centers, uh, not just move on, but uh, ones from other countries or situated in, uh, you know, the re UFO reporting center in Washington. So everything's in it. I, I really like these apps. I'm on a, you know, I would say every other day I'm looking at it for sure. And they do come in handy because out there on the field, this little device you have in your hands can do so much for you. And I could probably say that once you become experienced, and once I become experienced, I'm not experienced yet either, but uh, I would say probably within like a few years, you could do a lot of the investigation right off your phone, which is really awesome. This will be it for our broadcast today. It was, uh, it, it, I had to basically improv a show because uh, I got my wind taken out of my sails or it just gut punched by this whole Manitoba thing. And like I said, it did reset my focus on, okay, go look at the data, dum-dum. Um, and that's really what I got to do. I mean, as I'm learning, I I'm just passing down my mistakes to you to hopefully you avoid the steps that I've made. Um, but this is a process where people don't normally talk about how do you get into UAP investigations. And um, this is, you know, one of the things. It's going to be messy. You're going to learn. It's trial by error. Uh, but get in contact with... Um, uh, other ufologists and other people doing this, talking with them, getting, you know, advice, YouTubing videos. Um, I think all of it is going to add to your overall knowledge and your database to which you base yourself off of. Uh, there are some websites as well that we're going to talk about later on in other podcasts that are really huge, uh, you know, they're helpful, but they're not apps on phones. So you do need a computer for these. Um, I'm guessing everybody still has a laptop kicking around. Uh, so these apps will, or 
I should say programs will definitely help you um, in chasing down or at least eliminating. That's, you know, it's like a Sherlock Holmes thing. You got to eliminate what it wasn't and then try to figure out what it is. And um, that's all part of the game. It really is. So I hope you're reading um, as well, because that's super important uh, for your development and uh, just overall knowledge of ufology. I've been reading quite a bit myself. I'm in between two books, but I just finished 39th Parallel, which is uh, a book based on ufologists in the United States who discovered that on the 39th Parallel, there's a lot of activity and a lot of cattle mutilations. And I thought that was cool because I actually learned quite a bit from uh, that book. It is uh, kind of like a, a, it's a true story, but it's written from a writer, not from the actual investigator himself. Um, and we'll delve into that book. Hopefully next episode when I have Jessica, I want to talk to her about it as well. So I wish you all a great week. I don't know where you're standing in this whole quarantine, if you're still going to work or if you're like me and you're stuck indoors. Uh, I'm officially going stir crazy and I can't stand it anymore. And I look forward to being able to get out there and work again. Just a you know, sense of normality would be nice, right? Uh, but yeah, stay tuned. Uh, next episode, we'll have Jessica on and I will produce it a lot faster than I did this one. Thanks for listening.